So what are we going to cover in this talk? Uh, first, we're going to talk about uh, why we're excited about groups focusing in on career planning. Uh, then we're going to give some general advice for running these kinds of events. Uh, and then we're going to talk a bit about what we see as the main risks here uh, and how to go about mitigating these risks. And then we'll finish with some next steps. Um, and we're not going to cover how to plan your own career. I think the other 80,000 hours events uh, and the career workshops tomorrow are going to be much better for that. Um, how to run any specific career event um, or uh, how to do sort of one-on-one -on -one in depth advising uh, like 80,000 hours is advising service uh, because we think that giving explicit advice uh, rather than guiding people through a career planning process uh, is harder and it's more prone to risks. Um, and a general caveat on all of this is that, you know, it's all informed by our own experiences and impressions. Uh, and some of these things might not generalize to your group. Okay, so first I want to spell out some reasons why I think having a sizable focus on careers makes sense for a lot of groups, especially student groups. Of course, there's no one-size-fits-all advice here. The best way to decide on your group's priorities is to engage with the general conversation and then figure out how that maps to your group. To clarify what we're trading off against here, some other focuses a group could have are direct work, which includes research and political lobbying, promoting effective giving, which includes things like pledge drives or, bro or broadly spreading good values. For example, raising awareness of EA and related ideas. So one reason to focus a lot on careers, it seems that compared to say pledges, we might be able to empower group members to do a lot more good with our limited resources by focusing on careers. So organizations surveyed at the EA Leaders Forum in 2019 said that they're more constrained by finding new hires with appropriate skill sets than they are by funding. We think it's probably at least 10 times more valuable to produce a counterfactual career plan change towards the top area than to produce a counterfactual giving what we can pledge. And in our experience at Oxford at least, it's probably easier to produce one plan change than to produce 10 giving what we can pledges. So we still think it's likely a good part of a group's pipeline to include promoting effective giving. Um, for example, because getting people to donate might be a good way to um, have people to engage more in thinking about cause prioritization or as a way to begin contributing before they change career. Um, and we definitely still encourage you to attend Luke's Giving What We Can talk later. And then there are a few reasons to think that university groups in particular have a comparative advantage at getting group members to make plan changes. So students often aren't on a specific career track yet, and any plans that they do have are often quite flexible. In fact, lots of students are actively looking for career advice, which really makes our job easier. University is a great time to explore in classes and extracurriculars, of course, but I think that having two or three summers free for internships is also a really amazing opportunity to get data and experience about lots of different career paths. Finally, students' values are often less settled this means they're often more open to thinking seriously about their values and cause prioritization, which to us seems like a really important part of making an effective career plan. So overall, what's our take? Um, we think we want to play to our comparative advantages and there's lots of existing EA organizations promoting effective giving and building wider awareness. So we think that focusing on plan changes makes sense for a lot of student groups. Um, to clarify, though, we don't mean like every event should be about career planning. In practice, this focus at EA Oxford has, has led us to create a wide range of events 
to kind of lay the foundations for people to make plan changes later on. Particularly events focused on learning about EA, see Will Payne's talk for this later, and creating an enjoyable social environment. Um, another important part of the value of community building is the culture that you create. So things like welcomingness and good epistemics. We're hopefully in quite a unique time in the EA community. Hopefully we're very close to the beginning. And so we have an unusual amount of influence over what EA is going to look like many years from now. This kind of thing goes beyond the scope of the talk, but we just want to point out that a group's route to value comes from things other than just the relatively concrete things that we've been discussing. Um, so there are a bunch of ways that groups can be helpful in helping people make more effective career decisions. Uh, so there are some examples on the slide deck here. Um, but given all the different events we could run, uh, we're going to need to we're going to need to find out some way to prioritize between them. Uh, so you'll first need to clarify what is your goal. It's useful to have some idea of how this fits in with the overall goals of your group as well. Uh, and then secondly, who is your target audience? Uh, so you, do you just want to run an event with grad students, um, or perhaps you want to focus in on a specific skill profile like policy? Uh, and how engaged do you want the attendees to be already? Uh, how much time will they have needed to spend reading and discussing EA? Um, do you want to aim it as like an intro event uh, or an event with people who've maybe been around the community for a year or so already? Um, and yeah, I think it's worth spending time yourself thinking about this. Um, but again, I'll offer our quick take uh, as something to engage and hopefully at points uh, disagree with rather than anything more official. Um, so at EA Oxford, uh, we think that career events can be a good concrete way to begin engaging with EA. You know, students are very interested in career advice, um, but we're concerned about people making explicit plans early on uh, and potentially anchoring to those plans, making it harder later on for them to update their plans uh, or their views around course prioritization. Uh, you know, this is kind of just based on anecdata and some reasoning. Uh, so I think it would be reasonable to disagree with this worry. Uh, so we do still run career events at the intro level, uh, but we tried to treat them as sort of 50% introduction to EA and 50% introduction to 80,000 hours' main ideas. We have participants do some thinking and exercises, but there's no prompt to plan out their whole career in the first session. Uh, and from there, we encourage most people to go through our intro fellowship, which focuses largely on exploring problem areas and core EA principles. Uh, we think this does a good job of bringing people to a level where it's beneficial to start thinking about careers through an EA lens. Uh, and then we think the folk who've already engaged at least this much are our main target audience for more in-depth career events. Uh, and the other thing that's going to determine uh, which kind of events to run is just going to be what level of advice do you feel comfortable giving. Uh, so I think everyone should probably feel comfortable offering accountability, uh, you know, promoting 80,000 hours as resources, uh, or providing a space to discuss ideas amongst peers. Um, I think like talks, uh, discussions about course prioritization are a really great example here. Um, and then I think there's a more variable bar for most other events, uh, particularly anything where you'll be playing a more active role in the planning process, like a career fellowship, uh, a one-on-one, -on -one, or a more advanced workshop. Um, I think it's good to have done a bit more reading around in general before doing this. Uh, for example, 10 hours on 80,000 hours uh, or other resources. Um, for a, a grab bag of, of resources we find particularly helpful, uh, you can look on the event page uh, and there's a linked 
list of, of resources. Uh, and then you can scale how you run the event with how much time you've spent uh, engaging with these resources and running these events before. Uh, so earlier on, probably focus more on signposting useful resources, connecting people to mentors, and providing accountability. Uh, and as you pick up experience, you'll be able to give more input on people's plans. You know, things like suggesting career routes that they might want to research, uh, or bringing their attention to key considerations like information, value, or career capital. Um, so we'll spell out a few example projects. Uh, again, in the, the further reading, there's some guidance on how to exactly run these projects, these, uh, these events. Um, so imagine your goal is to do outreach to new people. Uh, for this, I think a shorter event like a talk or a workshop on careers could draw people in. Um, I do think these talks aren't as good at influencing career trajectories as they're just so short. Um, so you might also consider a longer event, such as a career fellowship, uh, you know, like weekly meetings where you might work through a variety of career-related exercises and readings. Um, I think this could be a good intro pipeline uh, at some places. Um, I do think it's worth asking yourself whether it makes sense to have these events career-focused or not. I think in a lot of pl places, you can meet your goals with an ordinary EA talk or fellowship. Um, and this is something that's just gonna vary a lot based on context. Uh, and then for encouraging more engaged members to think through their plans, uh, you might consider an event format like a career dinner, um, a series of career dinners uh, where a group of maybe six of you or so uh, meet, have dinner, and each week you focus on one person's career and uh, they share their progress, their uncertainties, and get a bunch of input from everyone else. Alternatively, you could do a group career planning session. Uh, you could ask members to go through some of 80,000 hours resources on how to plan a career. A few resources I'd like to highlight here are 80,000 hours' career decision tool. I think this is particularly useful for choosing an internship or upcoming jobs. Uh, then the annual career review tool. I think this is useful if you've already done some career planning. Um, and so it could be like a really great event to run at the start of a year for more engaged members in your group. Um, and then also 80,000 Hours are going to be releasing a longer write-up, which contains basically all of their advice on how to actually plan your career from start to finish. Uh, and this is aimed at people who've already, already read through their key ideas page. Uh, this should be coming out soon, uh, but for attendees of this talk, we've included a link to the current draft, uh, which we'll be able to request access to for the next 24 hours uh, in case it's useful for planning events uh, or your own careers. Um, but yeah, I want to emphasize that that's a draft at the moment. Uh, and then a final event to talk about is running one-on-ones with group members. I think this is a super versatile format uh, and you can scale how much you talk about careers based on where the person is in their EA engagement journey, uh, as well as you can sort of alter your approach based on what kind of guidance you feel well-placed to give. Uh, in our experience, this can be a really good way to motivate people to write up their thoughts, maybe work through some of the tools I just mentioned um, before a chat. Uh, and then to do reading or take other steps afterwards. You can even sort of use the meeting as a form of accountability by agreeing on action points and checking in on those action points in your next chat. Um, but before you do this, I definitely recommend reading EA Israel's Guide for Conducting Career Consultations on how to approach these discussions. And that's also in the further reading. Thanks, Hugh. Um, okay, so now I'm gonna talk about what I think the three main risks are. Um, around aiming for career plan changes. So firstly, I think people could just end up in a worse career than they would have otherwise if they hadn't engaged with your group. 
Um, another risk is that people could be put off your group. And then similarly, people could be put off effective altruism or 80,000 hours. Okay, so to flesh out the first one a bit, um, one way this can happen is if the event contributes to spreading misconceptions or garblings of the truth. Um, so kind of two examples of this. Firstly, there's a kind of misconception at the moment along the lines of um, earning to give being pointless as the EA community like supposedly isn't funding constrained. So imagine you're talking to someone who was going to do quantitative trading and finance and earn to give, but decided based on your advice to do direct work instead. Imagine they applied to lots of jobs from the 80,000 hours job board um, from lots of different cause areas, but they weren't able to get any and instead went to do software engineering at a charity that they didn't think was very impactful. It turns out that 80,000 hours do think earning to give will be the best option for some people in almost all major cause areas, especially if they're a good fit for something like quantitative trading. And again, especially if they've applied for lots of direct work and not had any luck. Um, another example is you might fall back into a kind of cookie cutter template, something like, oh, if they've done maths, they should go into AI safety um, without spending enough time digging into that particular person's experience or interests. So imagine you're speaking to someone who's really good at maths and they want to do something applied. They've tried computer science and they've tried economics and they're a lot better at economics and they much preferred it. But based on your advice, they try to go into AI safety, but they're not a strong enough fit to get into a machine learning PhD, and they end up in a role that they don't like um, and isn't very high impact, and now they don't have the time to explore economics further. Um, a final example, actually, um, is this misconception that you have to have a very narrow background to enter a particular path. So for example, imagine you're talking to someone who's interested in global priorities research, um, but has come from a legal background and you tell them, oh no, you have to have an economics or philosophy background to go into global priorities research. Um, and so they don't consider it where actually they might have been really good fit for somewhere like the legal priorities project. So in all these cases, um, the person you spoke to has ended up um, with a kind of lower impact and probably less fulfilling role than they would have otherwise, um, which seems bad and seems like something to be aware of. Um, this other point of promoting over deference to EA orgs is really another misunderstanding, but I think it deserves its own mention. Um, so by over deference, I mean people taking the advice of EA orgs way too seriously and assuming they are complete facts. Um, there seems to be this idea that 80,000 hours has these kind of magic answers. If only we could find them out, if only they would tell us. Um, but I think it's really important to remember that being part of the EA community isn't about being told how to best help others. It's about getting help, figuring out for yourself how to best help others. Um, so I think it's good to get advice from other people and from EA orgs, and I think it's good to take that advice seriously. But ultimately, though, it's your decision or your group members' decisions. And if you disagree with other people, I think it's your responsibility to work out why you disagree and overall decide what to do. Also, um, it's worth keeping in mind that EA organizations' advice is not perfect, and sometimes it's going to be wrong. Again, they don't have all the magic answers.
The second risk that people have put off your group, I think some ways that this can happen is if you're pushy, for example, trying to direct the conversation towards areas people clearly don't want to talk about or repeatedly trying to get them to explore this career path that they're really not interested in. Um, or if you're heavy handed when talking about kind of personal or sensitive issues, for example, um, imagine an intro event, you're talking to someone who's studying medicine and you kind of say, oh, well, it's been shown that being a doctor is ineffective. This doesn't seem like very welcoming. Um, or imagine you're saying everyone should take kind of high risk, high reward careers. Um, this is actually just not realistic. It's not possible for lots of people. Um, maybe they're not comfortable taking on the personal risk. Maybe they're not able to bear the financial risk. Um, so being sensitive seems right here. Um, these examples might seem kind of extreme, but you could imagine something similar happening or maybe things happening like this on a smaller scale. I feel like when people are attending your group, they're kind of implicitly monitoring all the time. Are these people nice in the group? Are they reasonable? Are they trustworthy? Um, do I feel comfortable and welcome around them? That kind of thing. And then they're going to engage more or less based on the answers to these questions. And then the third risk, um, which is similar is people being put off by 80,000 hours, being put off 80,000 hours or put off effective altruism. Um, so this can be, for example, because you give a worse introduction or defense of an idea than say the 80,000 hours website would. A really useful concept here for me is the idea of idea inoculation. So you can imagine if you try to defend an idea that you can't introduce properly just yet and the person listening kind of dismisses this idea because of your bad explanation and then they never engage with the idea further and then when they hear about it again they've kind of been inoculated against it so they're biased against it when they hear about it again this doesn't mean that you can't talk about useful ideas unless you're not 100 percent confident but it just means you should communicate your uncertainty so notice when you can't remember some argument and then let the other person know so just say something like i've actually forgotten some of the reasoning here um, so I'll just follow up with the link and you can decide for yourself. I think also a partial fix to this point is adding a disclaimer at the start of any event where you talk about 80,000 hours and explain that you're not 80,000 hours and the event is based on your best interpretation of their research, but you're likely to be missing things. Great. So now that we've clarified some risks, I'll say a little bit about how to mitigate them and generally how to improve at running career events. I think this can be summed up as read about career planning, focus on raising questions and providing tools more than providing answers, and demonstrate good norms. So be nice, reasonable, and intellectually honest. Uh, so first, read about career planning. Uh, you know, read 80,000 hours. It's great. Um, I think it's really useful to for any career route you expect to talk about a lot. Um, so for, these, for me, these are like the priority paths. Uh, have a broad idea of uh, a rough description of the role and facts on personal fit, the case for impact, and recommended next steps to explore the role. Um, and I, yeah, once again, want to suggest reading EA Israel's uh, Guide for Conducting Career Consultations, specifically the second section on general principles of career advice. I think that's good preparation for pretty much any career event. Um, and again, we also have reading recommendations on the page. Uh, and I think someone posted about it in the comments too. Second, uh, focus on raising questions and providing tools more than providing answers. 
so that basically don't tell people what to do with their careers. People who attend your events are going to have more information than you regarding their situation, even after you give them context, uh, even after they give you context. Uh, so instead, uh, act as a signpost who can point them to relevant resources and people uh, or bring up new ideas like a new course area. Uh, you can also help people clarify their thinking and form better plans just by asking questions. And also here, just know when to direct to others. Uh, so that might be directing them to the relevant part of the ATK website if you feel uncertain. Um, or it might be connecting them to other people you know, kind of mentors in your network. Um, I often think of myself as like a UK general practitioner doctor. You know, I know a bit about everything, but when things get complicated and in depth, I refer you to a specialist. Um, and then also, I think people's university career service can also be a useful source of advice, uh, particularly for more mainstream careers like consulting. And then finally here, demonstrate good norms. So be nice, reasonable, uh, and intellectually honest. Uh, so first of all, uh, to kind of avoid pushiness, I think my main recommendation is signpost what your events are going to focus on clearly. If you plan to spend half of it reading about problem areas and talking through questions at the level of values or worldview, say that in the description. Don't advertise it as a CV workshop or something like that. But also there's just like, you know, kind of getting a general sense of, of when someone's feeling uncomfortable um, and not pushing too hard if you notice that they are. Uh, and then I think just uh, be reasonable. Uh, I think it's really good to endorse ways of reasoning that people might think aren't EA or something like that. Uh, so if someone doesn't want to work on a problem area, despite thinking that it's important rationally uh, because they're not emotionally compelled to work on it, I think it's important to endorse that, uh, to endorse that finding a role that you can be sustainably motivated to pursue is super important. And so this is worth paying attention to. Um, and, you know, I also lightly suggest that what we're emotionally compelled by can change over time. And it's worth spending time investigating how your motivation system actually works before dismissing an option. Uh, but yeah, and then also talking about things like prioritizing mental health and enjoyment in your career. Uh, and in particular here, be intellectually honest. Uh, so you need to be very clear about your uncertainties, uh, be clear how sure you are of different claims you're making, be completely willing to say, I don't know about the very large set of things that you don't know. Um, and yeah, remember that 80,000 hours themselves are not at all certain in their recommendations uh, and have changed their mind about their top recommendations in the past. Uh, I think their advice on how to read our advice, which is linked in further reading, is super crucial here. Uh, we'll hand you over to Alex to wrap up. Um... So unfortunately, we don't have time for this exercise, but some suggested next steps. Firstly, schedule some time to reflect on this workshop um, and maybe spend a bit of time now thinking about how you'll spend that time then. Um, take a look at the recommended resources, maybe read two you haven't read yet. Schedule in your own next career planning session. We think it's much easier to walk others through the process when you're familiar with it yourself. Um, talk to people at the summit. Uh, Vaidehi, who helped with the content of this talk and runs the local career advice network, has mentioned she's very happy to talk through different career activities with organizers who are interested um, and maybe use the Zoom chat here or the Summit Slack to coordinate this. Um, and finally, consider taking part in our in-depth fellowship. Um, so there's more information on this link. Um, it's basically targeted at people who have thought a bit about EA before and are thinking about how to apply it to their career and donations. Um, if you're in this workshop and you haven't done it, then it's very likely that it's for you. Um, and yeah, thanks a lot for coming, everyone. Thanks, everyone.